It's Tuesday, March 6, 2018. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, I'm honored to have today Roland Warren, who is the CEO of CareNet, and uh, Roland and his wife Yvette have uh, two sons, uh, Jamin and Justin, and they met at Princeton University, and so we have a very intelligent man here with us uh, because of his education, but also because of the things that he's been able to accomplish for the kingdom of God uh, through just the, the, the many ways through CareNet, but also, as we'll talk in a minute, about through the National Fatherhood Initiative. So, Roland, thanks for joining the Defender Podcast, and can you just uh, share a little bit about the ministry that you currently lead, CareNet, and, and tell us a little bit about its history and, and kind of some of the initiatives that are going on through CareNet now? Yeah, um, you know, I, I, I personally, you know, been with CareNet for about five years, and CareNet is a uh, a ministry, an affiliated uh, network of 1,100 pregnancy centers in the U.S. and Canada that are, you know, very focused on helping to provide a compassionate alternative uh, to abortion. So, you know, our, 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 um, our, our, you know, sort of vision is to um, envision a culture where women and men are transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ and empowered to choose life uh, for themselves and their unborn children and abundant life for their families. So, you know, we're very focused on, uh, you know, not just on saving babies, so to speak, but also raising a child and, and this whole notion about abundant life, which is why, you know, when we talk about the work that we do, we say we're not just pro-life, but we're pro-abundant life. And you've got to sort of ask yourself, well, what does abundant life look like to a baby? And, you know, often, you know, we kind of talk about, you know, the, the birth of Christ and, and how you know Mary was was facing an unplanned pregnancy from a human perspective, and uh, you know what did God do to make sure that Mary's unplanned pregnancy wasn't a crisis pregnancy? Of course, Mary chose life, which you know we obviously are inc- trying to encourage women to do to describe themselves the virtue and character of Mary. But you know God also sent an angel to Joseph uh, and encouraged him, who had many uh, similar uh, similar challenges any abortion-minded man, and since that he had hope for himself and his his life with Mary. Uh, that didn't include a child at this way. And Joseph was encouraged to be a husband to her and a father to the child growing inside of her. So you see sort of coming together in, in, in that, what I call the nativity narrative, you know, the, the really from a gospel perspective, the, you know, kind of the pro-life, pro-abundant life uh, response of, you know, certainly protecting Jesus as a child in the womb. But there also was this notion of not just affirming the sanctity of, of life, but there was this also affirmation of the sanctity of marriage and family as God's design. So when we talk about the life issue, we, we talk about it with those two things together, not just the sanctity of life, but the sanctity of marriage and family as God's designed. And, uh, and certainly from a pro-abundant life perspective, that's what we seek to do and what we seek to encourage the network of affiliated pregnancy centers to do in terms of the response to the abortion issue. Wow. And, and I know that y'all are having a huge impact in so many cities around our country, as well as in all the states, and, and like you said, in Canada. And I love the way that uh, that your leadership has brought that to the forefront at CareNet about family and marriage and fatherhood. And it's been it's been encouraging to see uh, and watching from the sidelines this ministry of CareNet to to see the the growth of how many of these centers now are reaching out towards uh, dads and are, are really looking at a complete holistic picture. And um, 
Rowan, if you don't mind, will you just give us a little bit even about your personal story and how your family began and, and how that's even shaped uh, some of the things the Lord has called you to do? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, when I was in college, you know, I, I faced an, an unplanned pregnancy. Uh, I was uh, 20 years old and, and uh, got my girlfriend pregnant, and you know, we were encouraged to abort because uh, we were both in college at Princeton. And, you know, as a result of that, um, as a result of that, we, uh, you know, we rejected that notion and decided to get married. We've been married for uh, over 35 years and, you know, brought our child uh, in, into the world. So uh, from my standpoint, you know, uh, it was an old commercial years ago, a hair club for men. <laughs> this guy was kind of trying to encourage guys to get toupees or whatever they do in order to, in order to you know, give you hair when, when it's falling out. And, you know, one of his taglines at the end is that, you know, I'm not just a president, I'm a client and show a picture of himself you know, kind of with the bald head. And then now, obviously, as president, he's got this full head of hair. Anyway, so I've often stated when it comes to this life issue and certainly my work with Karenet, I'm not just the president, I'm a client. I, I, I you know, kind of live the experience and understand well sort of the challenges and, and the temptation, you know, to take what seems like at the time an easy way out. But I also see, uh, uh, you know, how God blesses, uh, you know, decisions when you make decisions that really are consistent with his design and consistent with his desire, you know, certainly the life issues, the notion on the sanctity of marriage and family, which we formed, and then the sanctity of life, uh, which obviously is the child that, that we protected and brought into the world. So uh, for me, it's a real, you know, it's a real personal issue in that regard. And that's really one of the things that motivates me and inspires me to do the work that I do. Uh, I know how, uh, you know, uh, how, you know, you can be impacted by this decision and, and, and how you can feel like you're, you know, that this storm, you're kind of in this kind of whirlwind, so to speak. And I also know what happens if you step out of the whirlwind into the eye of the storm. That gives you perspective to deal with the things that are swirling around you. But it also gives you the ability to look up to see what God kind of calls us to do. So, um, you know, that really motivates me and really drives me in terms of a lot of stuff that I do. Yeah, and, and I know that... Uh that being able to speak into that, it really helps your, your leadership at CareNet because certainly, like we've talked about, you, you've seen the ministry take a shift towards, uh, you know, really ministering to men and ministering with fathers. And I, I remember uh, getting to hear from you several years ago, one of the things you said uh, that was very impactful to me at the time and, and really to my wife as well, because she had had the opportunity to lead a center, uh, a CareNet center and here in Birmingham, Alabama. And, and you said that really with your leadership, you wanted to make sure that the ministry of CareNet wasn't just uh, providing life to babies. Yes, you wanted to do that, but also uh, just preaching the sanctity of marriage and the sanctity of family to these same young ladies and to these same families. And, and so that's been something that's been a consistent um, part of your life from your own personal story, but then also uh, your leadership of the National Fatherhood Initiative and uh, when you were, were leading that organization, one of the things that you said that I think is so impactful is that you said that kids have a hole in their soul in the shape of their dad. And if a father is unwilling or unable to fill that hole, it can leave a wound that is not easily healed. And so share with us just a little bit more about your heart for fatherlessness in our country and the effects that you see that fatherlessness has on the shape of where our country's going. Yeah, I mean, I think... Uh you know, I think there are uh, fewer things closer to the heart of God than connecting fathers to their kids heart to heart. I mean, God, you know, certainly, you know, in terms of how he communicates, uh, he has communicated to mankind 
uh, you know, through scripture is, you know, the heavenly father and the earthly fathers are, you know, supposed to be a reflection of a heavenly reality. And so when they are uh, not that, uh, it certainly, uh, you know, causes tremendous uh, problems within, within the culture. And, uh, you know, certainly when you look at, you know, fathers that are maybe absent uh, or ones that are present, but maybe spiritually, emotionally absent, uh, it really does not reflect, you know, the, the perspective that you see you see uh, in terms of, of, of the model uh, in, in Scripture. And so, you know, I, I think that, you know, when you look at it from a societal perspective, all the data out there, that, you know, when you look at, you know, everything from uh, some of the most intractable social ills, low academic performance, uh, you know, a lot of it like pregnancy or teen pregnancy, uh, crime, uh, uh, you know, poverty, all these things correlate very closely to the presence or absence of involved, responsible, and committed and committed fathers. And so, you know, I've been motivated by that since, you know, working with National Fatherhood Initiative for over a decade and then bringing that same perspective into the life issue. Um, because, you know, when you look at the reasons why uh, women have abortion, you know, it's very much tied back to uh, the father. You know, that, you know, if the guy just says, hey, look, I support whatever decision you make, that's obviously no support at all. She knows that up front. Uh, she didn't tell him that she was pregnant so she could hear him say that because she knows that legally it's her body and her choice. Uh, she told him that she's pregnant by and large so that she, so, so to see if he would step up, you know, and essentially he'll say to her, similar to what Joseph said to Mary, I'll be a husband to you and a father to our child growing inside of you. So, the father factor in, in, in so many things, including uh, the life issue, and that's one of the reasons from my perspective, if you really want to, you know, sort of restore the broader culture, you, you, you've got to uh, encourage, involve responsible and committed fathers, ideally uh, married to the mothers of their children uh, in order to kind of turn the tide. And certainly when you have that kind of perspective, you, you don't have, you know, um, out of life pregnancies or unplanned pregnancies. And, and women are, are, are less at risk to choose abortion. And obviously, as a result, the children are, are aborted when you have that kind of process. Yeah. And, and I know that as you've brought this heart for fatherlessness and you've brought even this idea of, of marriage and family to CareNet, uh, it has been a change of culture. And uh, it's, it's, it's seen a, a movement and a ministry, I think, just really uh, become deeper and, and more rich. Uh, certainly has a, a an awesome heritage, but but to see it become uh, awesome and more rich has been something that's that's really uh, that, that's really good to see. And uh, one of the things that that you've also said about fathers is you said that they provide three things: they provide uh, they they provide for their family, they nurture their family, and they guide their family. And all of that really is part of discipling a family. And, and fathers are one of the most important disciple makers in their home. And so now CareNet has a new program called Making Life Disciples. And uh, it's an exciting program, but can you just share a little bit about the new Making Life Disciples program? Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it really uh, seeks to, um, it really seeks to frame the life issue um, through the lens of discipleship. So if you believe that uh, helping a, a woman or a man who's, who's, who's challenged with a pregnancy decision uh, to bring their child into a world into the world is, is, is a good work or providing material support to you know a woman who's facing an unplanned pregnancy and has these obstacles and barriers uh, that are kind of almost making her feel like she has no choice but to have an abortion is a good work which I think it all these things are then all good work you know uh, should equal discipleship I mean that should be the goal water for the thirsty food for the hungry 
hope for the naked, compassion for the pregnant. Uh, but but too often the way that you know we think about the, the life issue or the abortion issue is not through a discipleship lens. We think about it through either a uh, material support lens uh, or we think about it even through a political lens. And uh, and as a result, the issue a lot of times then becomes one that's outside of the church or one that's kind of maybe nice to do in terms of material support or maybe maybe we shouldn't do because of a political issue uh, by framing it as a discipleship issue, which of course is what it always has been and always will be, uh, then it moves the issue firmly into the church. And, and it basically anchors uh, the life issue in the church and in the ministry of the church in the form of making disciples. And so, you know, the, the strategy with uh, making life disciples is to equip the church to offer compassion, hope, help, and discipleship to anyone who is, uh, to anyone who's considering uh, abortion. And, uh, uh, and, and that's really important because you know, one thing, obviously, we've got an issue with abortion in the broader culture, but we actually have an issue, a significant issue with abortion in the church. In our research, uh, LifeWay study that we did uh, a couple of years ago, where we surveyed women who had had abortions, we found that nearly four out of 10 were attending church at least, uh, uh, at least um, uh, um, monthly at the time of their first abortion. And, and most of them were attending more than monthly. Uh, so you've got a lot of women in the church that are at risk for abortion, but there's not a ministry on-ramp in the church uh, for those folks. So if a woman wakes up Sunday morning, takes a pregnancy test, and uh, takes a pregnancy test, and then, you know, determines that she's, uh, that she's pregnant, uh, who exactly is she supposed to talk to in the church? And she needs to know now, that day, because it's typically nine days from the time that a woman confirms her pregnancy to the time that she either schedules or has her abortion. So we have, there's only one Sunday in there. So she has to know before that, that her church, um, uh, her church is going to offer compassion, hope, and help, not try to stone her with condemnation. So that's what this ministry uh, resource is about. Uh, people want to learn more about it, can go to our website uh, that talks about it, which is uh, www.makinglifedisciples.com. And you can get signed up to learn more about it, to connect into community that's trying to uh, move this ministry out into communities. Our goal is to have at least a thousand churches by 2020. Uh, that have Making Life Disciples Ministries. And it's also important because you know, the network of pregnancy centers need to be able to move clients from the pregnancy center to the church for ongoing support and discipleship. So pregnancy centers are, have a kind of a short-term, you know, kind of ability to, to work with, 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 with a client, you know, from the conception to birth, maybe a little bit further. Uh, so they can do evangelism, which leads to conversion, but they can't do disciple, uh, discipleship, which leads to replication. So we need to make sure that, that that woman or man doesn't end up becoming a disciple again of the culture, which replicated and brought them to the pregnancy center and, and unfortunately likely bring them to the pregnancy center or abortion clinic again. We want those folks to move into the church uh, so that they can become disciples of Jesus Christ. And that's really what Making Life Disciples is a resource to help facilitate that, that process and to help people frame the life issue uh, in the context of discipleship. Yeah, and that's 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 beautiful because you see that the the same way that, that Lifeline sees that the church is the answer uh, because the church is the bride of Christ that shows the gospel of Christ. And, uh, you know, I, I love this movement that I see both within the ministry of Lifeline, the ministry of CareNet, and other ministries that we're seeing parachurch ministries move back to the church. And so many of the reasons that our organizations are here is because the church passed it outside of their walls to the outside uh, world for for believers to to deal with outside of the church, but I love this movement 
of getting this back inside of a church and, and that our churches aren't just preaching the sanctity of human life uh, in January, but we are living it out each and every week in how we love one another. And uh, even as a, a youth pastor back in the day, I remember how sad it was to learn about so many of the young women in our youth group uh, who were experiencing unplanned parent, uh, pregnancies, but felt like they couldn't come and tell anyone in church. And so they took matters into their own hands. And, and as you say, you have that very short window where they schedule an abortion and terminate that life. And so uh, just, uh, just encouraged by seeing this making life disciples and would encourage all people that want to engage or get their church engaged uh, to go to making life disciples uh, website. And uh, just the, uh, Roland, will you just give that uh, website one more time so that people that do want to get engaged can both get engaged personally, but also get their churches engaged? Yeah, the, the website is uh, www.makinglifedisciples.com. Uh, and also, if you want to visit CareNet's website, it's care-net.org. If you want to learn more about CareNet, what we do, support the work that we, work that we do, uh, we're obviously very, very interested in, in people being engaged in this issue. And, and we think, frankly, from a from a, not just a pro life, but a pro abundant life uh, perspective, which which links the the family piece, which I talked about in the beginning, not just about David, saving a baby but raising a child, to the discipleship piece, uh, which which uh, which is a key piece here. Really, the kind of the, the, the model is found in the first chapter, the first book of the New Testament, where you have the story of the birth of Christ, the first chapter, and then you have the story of, of Christ's call to us to make disciples in the last chapter. So you have these two bookends. And being a pro-abundant life person means that you're linking those two things together in terms of how you talk about the life issue and, and more importantly, about how you respond to the life issue in terms of what Christians are called to do. We're called to help people form a godly families and, we're, uh, and, 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 we're, and to an end so that they might become disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen. And we want ministries that are life-affirming not just in being pro-birth, but like you said, being abundant life and seeing these lives uh, truly uh, being poured into by the local church and by believers and, and as we come alongside of these women, children, and families. And so, Roland, as we close, uh, one of the, the great things about the people that are engaged with Lifeline is they are a praying people. And so just could you tell us some of the ways that we can be praying for you uh, personally as you lead the ministry of CareNet and then CareNet collectively uh, both with your corporate office, but also with your centers. How can we be praying for the ministry of CareNet? Yeah, I mean, I, when I when I have folks that kind of pray for me, I always have them to think about three three things. You know, that that, that I have, you know, wisdom, courage, and love. You know, that's those kinds of things. That, you know, wisdom to know what is right, courage to do what is right, and 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 the ability to love um, specifically because you know that you know even folks who are on the other side of this issue, you know, we're called to love. Like a love folks who disagree with us, who, who might view us as enemies, or who we might have a tendency to view as enemies. I think on the ministry side, I mean, the big thing for us is really, um, obviously, support for the, the network of centers, and you know, they, they're under attack uh, often uh, from folks on the other side. Uh, that they would uh, basically, you know, be steadfast in the work that God's called to do, and, and, and never grow weary of doing good. But, also, uh, candidly, for this ministry initiative of making life disciples, because we think that it is really sort of the last mile of what needs to be done. We can break the cycle of abortion by moving people into a transforming relationship with Jesus Christ, which means that they'll that they'll align their sexual ethic with a biblical ethic, uh, which is one that obviously you know is consistent with with, with the narratives that we've talked about. 
Well, I would just encourage uh, all that listen to this podcast to pray, uh, like Roland has said, for wisdom, for courage, and for love, both for Roland Warren as he leads CareNet, but also for the staff that leads from a corporate level uh, there in Northern Virginia, as well as all the centers that are spread throughout North America and Canada. And we just would encourage you to get engaged through the makinglifedisciples.com website to learn more about how to make disciples or to go to carenet.org to learn more about how you can get engaged with carenet both on a national level but also on a local level and let's let's lift up this ministry uh, in prayer as we go to the lord and father because this is an important fight and as roland has said uh, so eloquently this is not a political fight uh, this is a, a fight from the church with our lives to intentionally get engaged with the fatherless to kitchenly get engaged with women going through crisis pregnancy. So, Roland Warren, thanks for joining us, and thank you for your time. You're welcome. And thanks for what you do as well. Thanks very much. Well, thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at LifelineChild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel to you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again tomorrow for the Defender Podcast.